Uh, gee, gee, Jordan, you, you, that's, that's not what I sound like. Shut up. Oh, jeez. Uh, 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 what do you know, Morty? Just get in the, get I, in the, geez, the, the Rick, thing. I don't get know. in there. I don't know, Jordan. I, the DM might, might not <laughs> like it if we do this. Uh, I think it would be really good. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you were starting, Keegan. When you started saying you're gonna use like an actual future Hevroth through like a time portal to get rid of Basil, I was thinking there is actually a set of rules for Rick and Morty D and D. Oh shit, that's bad. And it has like all kinds of stuff with like portals. And I was like, oh my god, she could totally just like take this god, down the Rick true. and Morty rabbit hole. Oh my god, and yeah. uh, and it turns out that like somehow my Morty is like a, a multiverse Morty. God, but who? I hope. Hebroth isn't a Jerry. No, I think he'd be a Rick. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. God damn it. Or maybe he's a Beth. He could be a Beth. Yeah, going her own way, you know. Yeah. With like multiple uh, clones of you. Yeah, um, that would explain how I'm what a warrior poet, a mathematician, <laughs> uh, I, and the inventor of the movie. In, Was that one of yeah, the things? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Um. Let me think. Uh, so, all right. Did so you want to do Q and A stuff? Yeah. So I thought what we would start with is um, I wrote down a couple of questions for you two, and we don't have to make it long, but maybe we can do like a. There's no way it's not going to be long with us. Um, I'm expecting this to be at least three hours. I mean, honestly, I feel like the three of us probably could make it that long, um, but we're not going to. Hey, everybody! This is a special episode. Special episode alert. Whoa, coming hey. in. Hey. Yeah. Uh, so what you're going to hear for the next however many minutes, we're not really sure, is we're going to answer some questions that were submitted by listeners and members of our cast about the arc that we just finished and you presumably just finished listening to that was the Dark Hollow arc, a.k.a. Call College and Nightshade. So, that's what we're going to do. I like it. Yay. It's a good plan. And, uh, oh yeah, and you're only going to hear a few of us tonight. Um, one of our friends is about to have his first child, and another one is on spring break vacations, I think. Woo! Parties yeah, for different break. reasons. Spring break! Yeah. Um, and so that's that's why there's just three of us, so deal with it. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> well, we shouldn't offend the listeners. <laughs> uh, let's 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 not be optimistic. We're trying not to offend the listener. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So let's start. Uh, should we start with uh, uh one of the uh, Twitter questions that came through? Uh, we can. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Let's start with one of those. Uh, so at Mario. All right. Go ahead, listener. You're on the air. Oh wait, that's not how this that's not how this works. Oh god, don't don't do a dorky voice for him. We don't know. Um yes. So Mario underscore Segs, S E A G S. Segs. Uh asked, What are some sources of inspiration you have used for your various arcs? Assuming you feel comfortable sharing them. I assume that's so just aimed at me. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. So uh, the very first arc that we did on the show, anyways, was a uh, murder mystery. I didn't really have any specific inspirations for that one. Uh, I just wanted to do a murder mystery because I've done a few murder mystery parties and things like that over the years and watched a lot of good murder mystery movies, but none. I didn't really steal any like specific plot points from any of them. Those, and... that, I remember one of those parties. That, that was... That was pretty great. Very elaborate. Yeah. Like, kind of was devolved. it the party I was at too, and we had the gin bucket in the garage? Yeah, yeah. that that was a that was exciting and until all the it wasn't. gin soaked into the pineapple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whoops. So that was yeah. So and then the uh, the first like dungeon crawl that was really just me sort of figuring out how to work with the you know the group that we had and and it was very sort of traditional D and D in a way. Um, you know, di delving into like a dark mountain and trying to find the treasure, and you know that was pretty straightforward. Um, so that was uh, you, you give me a skeptical look. I promise that happened at one point. Who uh, me? Yeah. Oh no, um, I was just thinking. Um, and then after that, uh, what was the next arc? 
second arc was the hearth yeah so the hearth um i suppose full transparency is probably what i'll do um i heard (laughs) this is gonna be juicy (laughs) so i heard i listened to some episodes of the adventure zone where they did sort of a desert scape race of some sort like they were on these magical powered carts uh and they drew some inspiration from like mad max and things like that um that was really what i started with for that arc um in addition to having this like stadium style final battle ball game of some sort um so that was you know i just wanted to have like a olympics slash sporting theme um that was around like the summer olympics right yeah, there were a lot of, I, I don't know, there were a lot of small influences probably, but that's definitely one of them. And um, just something about that, like, desert environment makes me think of, like, like medieval tournaments and stuff. I don't know. So that that's how that came about. Um, and that's where Folosiel and Flynn ended up getting so flush with cash, right? That's yeah. right, yeah. There was some betting we, that we happened. Bet on a, we bet on ourselves. Right. Yeah, they don't have any, like, sports gambling rules in that town, so... <laughs> right! That's fine. Yeah. Now, the smart move would have been to bet against yourself right. and uh, throw the match. Right. Yeah. That's what um, Dresden was probably hoping for. Yeah. Oh, and there was, like, a heist moment in that as well, uh, mm-hmm. where you had to, like, steal some stuff. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah. That, I again, no specific inspiration oh well, maybe you know what a little bit the heist episode of rick and morty just yeah. because it put me in uh, you son of a, a bitch <laughs> exactly uh that put me in a heisting mood so that's that's that one and then the next one dark hollow dark hollow um that was also adventure zone right? yeah so they they had a, a sort of time loop in a bubble kind of thing i just thought that was a super cool uh concept and i think i took ours in a pretty different direction um, it wasn't just like, yeah, I don't know. There, there were definitely some differences. So, um, that was how it started. I really liked the concept of like a school scene that was sort of like Harry Potter themed. I don't know if you picked up on that, but there were like some names of professors that I sort of augmented from characters in a specific wizarding world. Um, they, yeah, wait so. a minute. I mean, they were all like, cause that's what I came in. They were all fairly, I don't know, just like wacky fantasy names, though. They didn't seem like... Yeah. Well, um, there was like uh, Beatrice Lenormal, who was oh, like yeah. Bellatrix Lestrange. Right, right. Um, Sniggly Rats. I don't know who he was besides a crazy old man. No, I don't know. I think I just came up with that one. <laughs> yeah. There was Barry Plopper. He was the, uh, the cashier at the school store. Oh, I didn't even know uh, that. Like Harry Potter, and then you also had like the witch themed people, right? Uh, Sabrina. Oh and, yes, uh, yeah, Sabrina, teenage witch. Gladys or <laughs> and Glenda, good witch. Those were those are names in this world. Um, that was yeah, that, like, that was just such a complicated. I mean, ha- having like just come into it like halfway, it was like such a complicated arc to keep track of. Like for like the first session that I sat in was so chaotic i mean it really got away from everybody i think oh is that where you like tied up the kids and like <laughs> yeah well yeah, Dred- yeah and dresden, dresden was like was threatening like, them and don't worry we're not gonna harm we're not gonna yeah, hurt we're not gonna hurt you <laughs> and we'll all be dead soon anyway <laughs> we'll all be dead soon anyways oh my oh god, my god. That, oh it was great i did i mean i had to make a google doc for everyone to kind of follow with stuff we figured out for that but yeah it was worth it. Yeah, that one. So that one definitely grew into more than I necessarily intended it that to be. That really could have been its own whole game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it definitely could have. Um, and it didn't start that way, to be honest. There were like, the way that it started was I had like four paths that if you like slowly worked your way toward the end of them, you could use that path to get to like this place you were trying to get to. And in the end, you sort of ended up doing parts of all of them. Right. And then they all came together. And I think you got a little bit more information than you would have if you had just kind of like cut to the end. Mm. Um, I mean, but... I think the moral of the story is Gladys is the hero, which you did say <laughs> when we ended one session, I think you said she died. And then when we came back to it, Mace Core was like, I want to go get food from Gladys. So then she was back alive. 
Uh, well, yeah, we had to go get tots from her. She's the hero of everything, right? Is that how this is going to end? Oh, well, shit. Maybe she's the big bad at the end of the whole oh, thing. Oh, God, no. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Those were those are roughly some of my influences. Uh, it was basically all based on our childhood. Yes. Oh, Keegan yes. And I, yeah, Keegan, <laughs> Keegan and I went to a magical school that had a time loop. Yeah, interesting. I'm over 600 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about the yeah. uh, what about inspiration for the uh, saga yet to come for the listeners? Um, uh, boy, not anything really. Yeah, just wanted to do a particular genre, but I am after call college. I think my goal is to try and let the story develop a little bit more organically um, rather than having it. Cause that's a very like, that's almost like a gigantic bottle episode that lasted 60 episodes or something. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, you're stuck in a place and only yeah. the people and things in that place can be a part of it. But now it's very open-ended. Um, and we've, I mean, honestly, everything that's happened since uh, listeners, the point that you've reached uh, everything that's happened since then because we record out pretty far, especially with a new baby on the way. So we're, we're pretty far into the next arc. And I think you're just going to find that it, it goes in whatever direction the players take it. And there's very little uh, prescribed direction. So I think it, I think the only appropriate thing to do is to have new intros that are similar to The Bachelor, which my wife and I watch. <laughs> and it's always okay. the most dramatic episode yet. And I think that it's true for this saga. I think it's the most dramatic season, the, the most dramatic season yet. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I guess the one thing that I would say as well is that uh, the whole time we've obviously been building on like the big lore that's sort of like informing the overall story. Um, we sort of got into some of that in the last uh, arc and now we'll definitely be getting into it more this arc and we'll just see what happens. Um. I'm going to take a break real quick. Um, the only other question I have is also for, well, it's kind of a combo question. I guess we can start thinking of who was your favorite NPC. I I think that Flint's favorite NPC, if I were going to talk from his character, is yet to come in the recordings. Mm. Uh, but from... What you know from yeah. Qual College. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I think Qual College or Green Hall, but we didn't really talk to that many people in Green no, Hall. No, I think for sure it's Jerry. Uh, Jerry the guard or Jeffrey Or Jeffrey, the yeah, Phoenix. Jeffrey, sorry. Jeffrey the Phoenix, not Jerry. Well, Jerry is, Jerry's up there too. Jerry's mm-hmm. a, Jerry's a good fella. Um, but, but, but Jeffrey, there was a, pretty good connection with jeffrey i think that uh was was pretty a a a connection not verbal (laughs) not very verbal no not by any means because apparently i can't talk to phoenixes Uh, more by miming yeah it was yeah i don't know what it was about him i tried i even tried to go back and get him but it wouldn't work out Mm. so i don't know i think uh i still have to go back to grammy but she's dead which is sad she was like all I don't I don't know she was like all of our uh, grandmothers from the Ark, but she was actually like Mace Core's aunt or something. Right. But yeah, she got killed, so that was sad. Was it? I I don't I, I'm not familiar with Grammy. She basically just made us breakfast every day. Oh dang! Yeah, that's a good way to someone's heart for sure. Yeah. So, and and she I think was like, in her day was uh, conniving and. Uh, a badass yeah but mainly she made breakfast for us and that's why Felicio really liked her and like she was all of our grandma right for that whole arc and then she got killed one thing that kind of kind of came up it wasn't an npc that like you know jordan came up with but the the whole um the when we were on the bridge and we had our flashbacks or whatever. Mm. Man, Stony Stoney Millbrook. He uh, yeah, I'm... he's he's a special guy in my. I feel like there's got to be a lot of guilt in uh, Flint's Flint's heart for like leaving and abandoning. not yeah abandoning uh, yeah. Stony. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, well, I guess, do we know? Did you actually abandon him? I feel like we're going to have to flesh that out. I feel like, yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, all we know is, like, you basically burned down your town or something and left left your home when you were, like, 12. Oh, wait. Was that prior to me taking over Flint? Did we learn yeah, that? Yeah, that's that's why you left at the age of 12. You, like, burned down the town or something. Dang it. That's a little bit non... non. Uh, and, like, you were shunned then by the entire town, including your parents. Oh, shit. That doesn't really fit in with the, the whole, like, flashback I had. Maybe I was... Maybe it was a wrong flashback. I, well, I think it kind of it kinda does, does because you 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 were like uh, probably close to the age where that. That's happened, right, because I think we talked before. about that at the time. Yeah, and then I fell into like the like the lady with the cards or the yeah yeah yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Stony didn't burn to death when I you know <laughs> lit the town on fire. <laughs> it's uh, yeah tragic. Who else? The the one real uh, I I would say. I was never backstabbed by any NPCs in the Call College arc, other than uh, who was the tea leave reader? Oh, um... Uh, Shoot, I forget her name. Not Esmeralda. I can uh, see the the icon we used for her. Um, well, anyway, that... Her, the, the yeah, the lady that told everyone... Yeah, that she was full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would, when, when, like, when, like, you know... Oh, Elvira? Maybe it was. Is that her name? She, like, she's the one we saved, like, you and I saved her right as we were going back. Right. She was surrounded by zombies and then just wandered into the woods. Yeah, yeah. Like, when shit hit the fan and Burial's forces were, like, invading Call College, she was like, uh, I'm actually full of shit. Sorry, I can't help. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, man. I think, um, who's the gnome? Uh... Not Sniggly Rats, Not the other Jordle. one. Uh, Jorma. Jorma. Yeah, he was a good one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and especially when he, like, summoned all those rats. Like well, it the- was like a pile of rats that he was, like, riding on or something. <laughs> then he, like, claimed they weren't his rats, but I think they were. Right. Well, you don't want to disown your friends, but. Yeah. And um, the, the little, ho- uh, not Hobbit, halfling guy. Who was the professor that helped us make the uh, bomb to blow up the the dragon's lair? I think that was just before I I took over. Oh, was it? Yeah. Did we have the moonstone already? Yeah, you already had it. Uh that guy was really cool too. I think right before the rando wand incident was, you guys had you know like gone and messed around with that we dragon. We went and got the stone. I I don't think there's any I. I mean, since I was like just like figuring out how to like fall into the group, I don't think I would have done anything differently in Call College that arc. But is there anything you would have done differently with Philosial in hindsight? Mm, probably, probably not very much in that arc, uh, because so before you got on. There was like this big key and well, not key puzzle, but like a locker puzzle. Yeah, that, that like, was down in the mine, right? Yeah, that that Keegan figured out, but as a character, Felosial probably wouldn't have figured I had out. A tough time with it. At least based on previous decisions on puzzles that Felosial has done, right? And just on stats. Um, so I like had to explain to the other guys. I was like, "Uh, this is the answer to it." So like, figure out right. a way that your character. Well, that's that's it good out. dedication to the character, right? Like, so like in a, yeah. in the side quests, like Hevroth isn't like obviously an intellectual. So like, when it comes to puzzles, like for instance, you were doing the, you had a puzzle or something on a door, and Hevroth yeah. wasn't like, "I'm not going to figure this out. I'm going to take out my sword and I'm going to hit the door." Yeah. Obviously, so like, I don't know. Yeah, because in in the first arc there was this there was a key puzzle in the first arc, and Felosio just like went up and grabbed all the keys and kept getting electrocuted and stuff. <laughs> uh, and I think she's still she's like less. What is impulsive. I don't think rash is the right term. Uh, Probably impulsive, right? Yeah, less impulsive than that. But even even so, like she couldn't have figured out the locker puzzle, right? And so I like had to tell the guys. 
that was like the a answer to that it. was and like, like pretend it was not word idea. association but it was like a there it was like a i mean it was like a word like a cipher kind of yeah, right right yeah you had to like yeah. pull the words out of the letters for the names on the lockers which added a couple of layers to it um yeah. and that one was definitely ripped straight from another show so i'm not going to get into that but um, that whatever. The the question we had started answering was who has been your favorite. So this is from Mario again. Who has been your favorite NPC to play throughout the entire game? And then like who were our favorite NPCs like mm. to interact with? To play. Oh, I went back to Grammy. Yeah, Grammy was a good one. I said. And uh, then we said. I, I, I said Jeffrey. Jorma and Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey was Jerry. good. Jeffrey and Jeffrey uh, and Flint really bonded through mostly miming. What was the halfling teacher? Do you remember? Oh, um, uh, I do remember him. What is his name? Samwise Gamgee, Gamgee, but it's no, not. No, it wasn't that. Um, well, let's Doiswin. see. Like... Ali Doiswin. Yep, that was him. He was a good one. The vampire guy was super. Like, what? What? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Jackie. Oh, Jackie Talladega. Jackie Talladega, normal human bartender. <laughs> yeah, regular human bartender. Yeah. That was so. That is a very direct inspiration that I forgot to mention before from what we do in the shadows. Which, by the way, if you have not watched, it, is an excellent vampire TV show. Um, and that character that I was modeling was modeled after Matt Berry's character in that show. Uh, if I could do a Matt Berry accent, that character would have been that much better. But, yeah, he was good. Um, I think my favorite character to play... Man, I, I like Jorma, but his voice is hard to do. That's okay. Um, you can still like playing him. Well, but I feel like the voice makes it hard for me to like right. enjoy playing someone. Is it you Stony know? Millbrooks? Oh, God. No, there's no voice. What? No, wait. Hang on. Stony was a was a childhood friend of Flint. Okay, that's like. That's... No, I'm not saying he's not a great character. He's, he's not my NPC. favorite one to play. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, he's he's maybe out there somewhere. We don't know. Well, we don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, what about um, uh, the fancy guy from uh, the Gold Hill City? Oh, Wilhelmine Smith. Yeah. yeah, he was a good one. Um, I liked. Uh, I so. I think for me in terms of playing a character, the easiest ones are anyone with like a drawl or a twang because mm -hmm. that's just how everybody talked where we grew up. And so slipping into that is almost like not Easy. something I have to think about. So it lets and you like the... focus less on the action of exactly. speaking and more so like how creative their like dialogue or whatever exactly. they're adding to it is. Yeah. And, that, and I think that people will find in the next arc, uh, I think my favorite one in the entire series that we've done so far is in the next arc. Um, and she's in, she's in quite a few scenes. Um, and her voice has an Australian accent. I spent a lot of time in Australia in college and living around, like literally living in the middle of the bush with like Australian professors and people that just had that accent all around me. So I can kind of slip a little bit into like a, not like a strong accent, but like a little bit of a, a twinge of a, a, like an Aussie accent uh, without um, having Mario to like, think about it too know. much. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Right, I, was gonna yeah, say, oh, I, yeah. I feel like it, it definitely like verges between Aussie and Kiwi, um, which I think is fine. Um, they may not think that's fine, but I think she was fine. on the border. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny thing about it's like accents. Russell Crowe. Right. Yeah. Funny thing about accents. Like it, it's, a, I think it's super fun doing accents, but uh, and if you listen to the, uh, the, the holiday episode that was super fun to do that and just have like have all oh, the you were accents. so good at them uh when i was on a recent family trip it was saint patty's day <laughs> and uh a, a like a fellow in-law to the family that i was traveling with like had a bunch of drinks and just dove into an irish accent on saint patty's day like like, oh like talking in the like from the perspective of an Irish Catholic like none it was a lot of fun I that's one that I gotta I, the next time I'm I'm in charge of a game there's gonna be an Irish Less Scandinavian more Irish yeah, yeah well maybe it'll be an Irish in Scandinavia that'll be a that'll be quite the uh the mix I think I'm not the only person who would say this, but my Irish slips into Jamaican sometimes, which is a real problem. <laughs> yeah. So I right. gotta watch out for that. Yeah, right. Um, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess my, like, rolling Scottish accent isn't too bad. Uh, I liked playing uh, Branthos, too. He was in the first arc. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was a fun one. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the best is yet to come for some some characters. How do you feel playing Jeffrey? Jeffrey? Well, I like Jeffrey. He's, he's Jeffrey's awesome. an um, easy-to-get-along-with NPC. Yeah, Jeffrey's just rolling with the punches, man. Yeah. Or Madarua. Oh, yeah. she's She is not putting up with any shit, that's for sure. Um, uh, that's every question from... From Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. So, all right. So let me move to a couple that came through the email. That's what we're going to go with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, was there anything that particularly surprised you during the Call College arc? Like, were there any plot points or any twists that you didn't see coming? Uh, what was, like, the biggest surprise for each of you? Uh, when Flint used the magic wand and turned into another person. <laughs> that surprised that surprised many people. Yeah, the most surprising <laughs> thing was way. the most surprising thing was getting a text saying, Hey, are you are you still a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. Uh go ahead. I think I have I think I've got a couple that were really surprising, okay. but Yeah, no, go ahead. Well, one I mean, like the the vastness of Call College and like how complicated it got was like was like pretty astonishing to me as like a fairly new D and D player. Like I had played a, a few times before this, but um, I'll say when we got to like the portal, I kind of expected it to be a little bit like uh, like Dark Souls. Like it's like mist that you traverse, and behind the mist is a boss or something. But, like, that just opened up into this whole new, like, plane where it was like, fuck, what is going on in here? Mm. Like, it, it got, like, pretty wonky. And I, I didn't expect, I expected to go through there to be a direct conflict with somebody and then to resolve that, like, pretty directly. Um, obviously, Dresden making, a, a like, a a pact without consulting the squad yeah. was like a little yeah, yeah, bit yeah. startling. I think, I, I mean, at least for Flint was like, our, wait a minute. Like, you're not going to like, you got to like, tell us when you're going to do yeah, this shit. Run bud. This I, like, yeah, well, and then he, get, he like got mad when we did, made a decision of something. I think maybe that's coming up and, or it might've been in the end of Qual college. And it was just like, you just made a deal yeah yeah like you directly implicated us with a god like a literal god and so it's like it that was surprising but i think the flashbacks were pretty surprising on the bridge (laughs) and i don't think like that has been really Mm -hmm. talked about a lot with i think it's like stewing in everyone's heads (laughs) like what what happened and it's like i think it's i think it's affected flint on a very fundamental emotional level but for sure, as far as far as surprises, yeah, not knowing what was on the edge of that on the other edge of that portal, and then Dresden making a pact with a god, like sort of impromptu. I think that the biggest surprise for me leading you through that that level was when Mayscore decided to just like face up to a full grown adult dragon and like try to reason with it, dude. That we was spurred spooky. him on a little bit. <laughs> I yeah, I just there were a lot of <laughs> But still he did it. I had sort of envisioned what was gonna happen with that dragon, and there were a lot of different things that I thought might happen, but that was absolutely not one of them. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was well played, and I think it, it definitely leads like a, or leaves like a dangling thread there if uh at some point Mace Core wants to return to it. I think uh, also going off of like the final battle, like I think for me as a person and as Felocial, that the there were like all those forces had accumulated while we just replayed the same day again and again. And then like we destroyed the ones right there, but like where are they now? Which I think we have the idea that they're somewhere to the north, but it's still just like how big are the forces if that's how many people they sent to that? Was that a small portion or a big portion? Right. I, yeah. I, I definitely thought about that, but like I don't, I don't have a good a good feel for the world coming in kind of late, not yeah. late, but like definitely like sort of midway through 
the total campaign, the, right? All these people that Dresden is killing now, are they going to come back and fight us too? Yeah, that'd be pretty awkward. Yeah, I guess we don't we haven't really explored too much like the nature of Biriel's army and how he's because it's uh, I guess I think we've gone as far as to say that like he has like physical soldiers, right? And physical creatures that are there. Well, yeah. Um well, and it's more it's like he's got cultists who aren't dead, but then he's got all the all, uh, all the undead. But mm-hmm. I think another question that I just have is like how does Matarua like I feel like Matarua and uh Zargon slash burial have to overlap somehow because like why is dresden just going around killing these people for a god if burial's killing people and raising them like is that something that's interacting or are they two completely separate things well what if like burial's like you know just to throw out a a player theory uh mm-hmm. i mean what if those like aren't really well, one of two things. What if he's killing people and like not allowing them, them from the dead. like uh, not allowing them to go over to whatever Matarua gobbles up? Yeah. And then secondly, like yeah, if you like raise people from the dead, they don't like have you know quote souls, right? Yeah, you know, like it almost feels like they're working together. Oh shit, that would be the twist. Because Dresden's like killing people for her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like it'd be real. And the and burial came out of her plane. <sighs> That's true. But there could be. I, to, I mean, don't mind me. I just need to write something down real quick. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> We're giving him my. Oh no. <laughs> no! No, no. I, I. So it's funny. I, uh, not to interrupt, but if you want a glimpse into my process a little bit, um, I. Like, as you two were talking about your theories there, it just gave me an idea that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that you were saying, but I was sort of, like, thinking about the overall plot. That happens to me when I'm, like, driving or just sitting in my office at work or, like, especially when I'm, like, out jogging, if I'm, like, not listening to anything. I just, like, and so I have a note on my phone that has, like, hundreds of scrolls length of me like <laughs> right writing notes um it's called D ideas on my notes and it's just like nice. whatever pops and so you know a handful of them have made it into our story and a bunch haven't yet and yeah. they might at some point or they might not you know it's that's a- just oh go ahead well no that uh just like that that's just what i've been wondering is how Matarua and dresden killing for her plays into the whole thing like is it a separate thing or is it because we were in her plane Burial was in her, well, Zargon was in her plane, took Burial's body as his own, and got out of her plane. So was she trapping him in her plane? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's all, like, I feel like that's way above Flint's pay grade as far as, like, the interlocking, or the, the, like, you know, like, how how gods behave in their planes. But it's so funny you said, are we giving giving him ideas? One, (laughs) when, when I got, like, tapped to like come in and, and take over a character. I had to like relearn a bunch of stuff. And one of the resources I had was XP to level three on YouTube. And I think, I think they do like, they stream some of their games and stuff, but he's got a bunch of funny videos. And one of them is like, he he's like, it'll be like a scenario. Well, one of his videos is he's DM and a couple of his players like come into a room and there's two doors and there's, like a gnome sitting on a stool between those two doors and the gnome is like hi how you doing and the players are super duper 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 concerned concerned about this guy here and they're like we're gonna do an insight and we're gonna we're gonna check and do arcana and then we're gonna figure out what he is and they're like consulting the players are consulting like what if it's like a demi lich and it's like it's like you know cloaked (laughs) as a gnome and it's trying to trick us into going to this door and on on uh, on the guy who the head of that channel, he is writing down. He's got a notepad where it says "gnome on a stool," and he crosses it out and writes "demi lich." And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what this is now. Like it's it's a it's it, the players inspired him to make this an insane thing. I I definitely uh, have done that a few times. Not like to that extent, but it's it's easy to throw an obstacle your way and then 
if your solution that you come up with is better than what I had imagined, then I'm, I'll just like change the parameters, you know? Right. Um, I've done that with a few like locked doors and stuff and levers and things like that, especially in, um, the Gold Hill City arc. That was like a lot of puzzles Oh yeah, with like the train whistle? (laughs) Yeah, no, like all of that stuff was like completely made up off the cuff because you did a good job like exploring and, you know, finding things, so. Right. And same with, as, as I said before, for listeners, a quick preview, spoiler alert, um, no, actually, it's not a spoiler alert. Um, but in the next arc, I think you're going to find that pl- the players' actions and choices are really s- steering their solution to whatever problems they run into. And, and it's not so much that there is a solution, but there's like a problem and then there's tons of ways they could solve it. So they're going to do it their way. And some of them make Jordan really mad. <laughs> do they? <laughs> Just the one situation. There was one situation <laughs> where, where he got real mad at me. <laughs> uh, how do what we how do we say this up. without spoiling? There's well, some water involved. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. No, I do remember that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, and but for then listeners, it worked out. I would it say, worked out. You know, when you reach a certain point in an adventure. The if consequences are there, right? Like, yeah, the, the yeah. player characters have real consequences. So, it, you know, we may not all survive this, which is something that happens in D&D. Listen, so we'll see. it worked out at that moment. Yeah. Luckily. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe um, not. <laughs> uh, next question was, and you may have talked about this, who your favorite NPCs were in the arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you already talked about that. Um Oh, and, well, for that, yeah, I think for that specific arc, we listed a few, yeah. And then, uh, how would you say your character changed or developed during the arc, if at all? And how are they feeling at the end of this arc about, like, their fate and the journey ahead? Because mm. I, I like that you mentioned, you brought up the Bridge of Fate, as I titled it in my notes. Yeah. Uh, that sort of showed you your past, and um, I think that this was the first arc where we sort of grounded our characters a little bit in the real world and sort of made some connections beyond just the party. Um, so I'm curious if, if your characters went through any development because of things that happened to them in the arc, whether it's that or other parts. Well, I think for sure Flint, as I've played Flint, came in with like his super hat, like not happy go lucky, but very casual. Let me see how I can scam some people and quickly was like, what the fuck? We're like going into a, pl- there's a God wait, there's like hordes of people. And it's like, it's like a bit li- off more than you can. Right. Chew. Yeah. It's like I bit off more than I can chew for, you know, through no fault of my own kind of thing. So it's like, I feel like Flint is, Still very much into, like, scamming people and having a good time doing it, like, enjoying it. But at the same time, it's like, holy shit, like, the world's about to end, you know? So there's, like, a balance between, like, yeah, dude, like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm going to go to a bar and see if I can scam some tourist out of, you know, some, some coin. And it's like, now there's, like, kind of like more skin in the game than I think that Flint has ever really felt. I feel like for Felocio, she's definitely like getting wiser and feeling more of the the pressure of whatever is going on and wants to create a solution, but at the same time is still a little a little hot headed. Um but I think she's still she's just like trying to find her way still. Uh, especially I think from the bridge of fate stuff, it's just, she was such a loner and now she is part of this group of weird people. Um, and that for some reason, they're the ones who seem to be leading this charge against whatever is happening. And she's trying to be responsible for that, but also sometimes still isn't. Nice. Um, and I will speak for Dresden and say that Dresden developed quite a bit, having changed his name and now his class uh, from wizard to warlock. Um, and I think that what we'll see with him moving forward, my guess is, is that he's going to have to sort of figure out how to navigate the fact that he's missing part of his soul and he has this like bargain with a goddess and he has to sort of learn how to use his newfound powers, um, whether for good or evil, time will tell. 
Mm. Um, yeah, and... I definitely like Felocio is not super on board with everything he's doing. Well, we're like aware in the moment, but it's never really. It it's not discussed until like much later, right? Like so, like at the right. end, by the end of Call College, like we're really solving the problems that are like right in front of our face. Yeah, and then it's sort of like in retrospect, the fact that Dresden made a deal with a god, and now his eyes are different, and he's like, you know, he's doing stuff that's yeah, like, impacting all of us. That's really dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Like that is all sort of lost. To, like, the gravity of, like, fighting off an army of the undead from this college that has been lost in 400 years of, like, time loops or whatever. And just being confused by the time loop and the other plane and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think Mayscore, uh, I don't know. I don't know what Mayscore would think about that arc. I feel like Mayscore definitely, like, met some new creatures and... Got I think a chance Mace... to like. He he often serves as like the voice of reason in the group. Right, I was yeah. gonna say, and I think he's still doing that. Yeah, is he, like whenever something really really stupid is happening, he's usually the voice of reason. Sometimes he wants to. Well, he's always well, and... got a a pretty a pretty decent moral compass, like that's pretty yeah. pretty immovable, I'd say. Which is probably helping all of us develop. Yeah, and I think that what we learned. We learned almost more about his character to confirm what we already knew on the Bridge of Fate than anybody else's. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like his interaction with his sister when his sister Yeah, just being like super supportive instead him. of being like a chump yeah. about it, you know, like yeah. And then he he ended up in this adventure because he followed what he thought was going to be trouble because he was like sort of a guardian of like that part of the forest or something. Oh yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Um, he followed it to the. So, and I don't uh, think um, Daggersford. I, I can't remember exactly what brought each of you to Daggersford. Um, I was just selling stuff. I, I was probably stealing or scamming or something as far as yeah, Flint. I think, anyway. uh, Dresden yeah. was like kind of in the same boat as Felosial and, and Flint, I think in that he was like, just sort of a like loner looking for work probably. Um, whereas Mace was like following the cloaked figures who um, were in- intruding on his right, side. Right. Right. And, and he just sort of like, I don't know. He's more in touch with like the rest of this land. I feel like he has mm. the most connection in some ways to like other people and other places. And, um, well, and, and then, you know, with his arc in the hearth, he also learned, you know, he might have an actual like future in an important role. A diplomatic. In yeah. Yeah, it seems kind of like he's the only one that showed up that that day or night with like a pretty altruistic, you know, I'm here to do something like morally good. Whereas like, not that like what Felosial was doing was like immoral, but it's not like, it's not like something sort of it like altruistic. It, it was just yeah. like being there. Whereas like, well, I, I think right. for sure Flint was just there like finding something to steal card or, games. yeah, yeah card everyone games. else i think everyone else had it thrust upon them whereas mace core sort of like put himself in the situation right well and i think i think we see like and his diplomatic side coming out again uh, right at the end of qual with the the dragon and then like saving the professors and yeah you gotta be some kind of diplomat to be able to negotiate with a dragon like dragons are not like they're It'd be pretty tough to negotiate he, with one. He like negotiated with uh, the head of the college and then the dragon, right? And then flew his griffin down and stood in front of like two trolls, essentially, right? And yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, I don't know. I think that it's interesting because I think I would say everyone in the party at this point um, has kind of had like a heroic moment. Um, I'd say that despite the fact that his is a little bit odd, Dresden's came at the end of that arc because he did, you know, make a sacrifice um, and kind of rid himself. I don't know. It's a sacrifice in a way, but he sort of like loses this like ability to feel emotions, which 
um, you know, could be a good thing or a bad thing, especially given the nature of the tasks that he has at hand. So far seems to not be a great thing, but it might turn out. It's at least (laughs) messy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I guess uh, Flint's had a few um, even before, you know, predating Alex joining as Flint, um, you know, with the end of the race in the hearth. And I think he dealt the finishing blow to the monster in the cave. And well, I think character development for Flint was with um, the Phoenix Mm, where you like tried to steal him multiple times but then you realized you couldn't in that, that moment was t- that, i mean that's a tough moment because i don't think that flint has like i'm sure like he's been like caught stealing shit but this was like a situation where like absolutely not caught like but it's like you can either spend an eternity trying to figure this out or you know just set it down come back later maybe uh but like this isn't something you're gonna be able to just like snag yeah, and and just I do feel like there was a weird connection with you in that. Bird. For sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which might be a theme with Flint. I don't know. We'll see you in the future. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, do you have? Do either of you have any other questions? Or should we wrap that up? I feel like that was pretty good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything? Yeah, you're good. Okay. I could, I, I mean, uh, I could keep talking about this, but you know, look, we got things to do. We got, we got side quests to get on. We got to figure out how, you know, there's a worm involved true. or something. I We've don't know. We got to figure out how Havroth interacts with all of Jesus these different Christ. worlds. Yeah, how much, how much do the listeners of like the main podcast up to this point realize that the side quest character Havroth Peckin is an interdimensional traveling mathematician <laughs> warrior poet. How, how much does Hevroth from the side quest know that? Absolutely zero. None. Abs- Until I mean, probably tonight. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, um, we answered a bunch of them last week, but we missed a couple, so okay. we're going to... Uh, Which is perfect because one of them's about you. Oh, perfect. My fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fan, fan. <laughs> let's not let's not get carried away. Um, it was like a two-parter. So it was, what happened to Genril, and where did Jandar come from? Hmm. Well, should I talk about the first part? Maybe. Yeah. Um. So, did they mean like in the story or in real life, or like why is that character no I longer? I feel in like the show? yeah. I think all maybe. Okay, well, so in the story, we, well, maybe I should start not with that. Let's start with um, in real life. Um, So the person who plays Genril is our friend Sean, who uh, has had a couple of job changes over the last few years and schedule changes. And so uh, she was just having trouble making the timing work on a regular basis and we kind of wanted you know we, we had gotten to like a point where we were being more consistent like every week or every other week um and yeah and i think it just kind of got to the point where it was like we would plan to have her there and it just didn't work out and so um yeah so so she stepped away at this point um and so in story i think general was left at the docks in old port or maybe left before we left i think yeah, yeah. that was the story right general left town in Oldport before we left the docks. Um, I I don't know that there is going to be a return for General in this campaign, but, you know, I certainly wouldn't, like, completely write it off. She did go um, to meet up with Morthos and then also disappeared from that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was with Morthos for... Was that ever on the uh, main How the hell did stream? Morthos get in, that, get in that realm? Well, her and Morthos... Yeah, killed an entire town or some shit? No, they were still... They, like, had met, I think, in Greenhall. And then uh, Morthos asked her to come help steal a gem, which is where Morthos got kidnapped and met up with Basil because Genral didn't get taken to the fighting pits with Morthos. So Genral's out there somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and interestingly, you know, I think... For me as the DM, that was sort of a moment where I was really sort of pulling for her to stay in as long as we possibly could make it work because, you know, the overall like sort of MacGuffin style quest that we're on um, had an item and a story for Genro. 
um, which now has been sort of pivoted into um, other stuff, which is, you know, totally fine. Um, yeah, aspects of Genril's arc are going to be woven into other people's now, which is totally fine. Um, but it definitely is challenging to manage, you know, like full-on characters in a campaign coming in and out. So that was a challenging moment. But, and the um, boat was an easy place to... Yeah, exactly. That was a good juncture, and, and it worked out really well after that, I think. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's general story. And I feel like with Jandar, we can speak on before we started recording, because he was there before. Yeah. So at the when we first started doing this, um, I was there. It was very kind of, like Jordan said, informal and wasn't really... Uh, there wasn't really certain times and I started to realize I I just had, I mean, my wife and I just had, had, had a baby and it was very difficult to know what her sleep schedule was going to be like or when she was going to actually fall asleep. And so I kept having to, you know, either postpone or do it, do it part way and then have to uh, rejoin later. And so I just took a hiatus for a few months um, to figure out, you know, what my daughter's sleep schedule was going to be like. And now that it's pretty consistent, I was able to come back in and uh, rejoin. So, and that's—I mean—that's why we knew who you were in Green Hall when you right. came back to us, right? Because you guys had already had some experience uh, with me. Yeah. So, the original, uh, yeah, the original party was Jandar, Felosio, Flint, and Mace Core in uh, Daggersford. Yeah. Uh, which so yeah this this predates the podcast though it right? does. Yeah, so it we does. Uh, that was when we were like literally just learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons and and I had designed like a really simple quest to like rescue the kidnapped daughter of the town's leader oh, yeah. um, and <laughs> it sort of spiraled from there into like this whole campaign um, which which has been great um, boy things have that that's a consistent theme for this squad just they, things get out of hand <laughs> like, yeah, i'm going to rescue some lady who got lost in the woods wait a minute there's a guy raising people from the dead holy shit why are we in charge yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that sums it that's, up pretty much that's it yeah uh and jandar is no longer jandar yeah jandar is that's right dressing. it was but was he ever oh uh. Uh, I think we're all a little bit jandar. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, don't assume my gender, okay? Just going to put that out there. Or his gender. Or my gender. Don't, don't assume, assume your gender. <laughs> That's the episode title. If we're doing episode titles, yeah. don't assume my gender. Don't assume my gender. <laughs> Holy shit, I love that. Um, okay, that's... So, let me... Uh, I guess I'll do like a little outro, and then we'll... Or may, actually, why don't, why don't one of you do it? Just like uh, Alex, you got this. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the questions that were answered mostly. And tune in next time when something happens, probably it, on it's this. It's going to be the start of arc, uh, arc four. And it'll be the most dramatic arc you've seen yet on This Is How We Roll. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> What's our outro music usually? Join us again on Monday, or whenever you're listening to this, as we head for the Lost Isle.